Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. Delighted to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got a wondrous item to behold. It is a piece of iron in a shape that you may be quite familiar with. It is, in fact, a crowbar. It's got a good heft to it. While one might think that this is a tool used for prying open boxes and the like, in the proper hands, this is a quite dangerous weapon. And those familiar with a particular comic series know that this is the weapon of choice for one William Butcher. And therein lies the subject of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at season three of the Amazon Prime series, The Boys. Now, The Boys was a series I was a little late in the game and getting to. I think I had I'd had Amazon Prime the subscription for quite a while. I really wanted to watch Man in the High Castle, uh, watch that, watched a couple other things, but really never gave The Boys a chance because I, I just didn't, I wasn't aware of the comic series. I knew it was based on a comic series, but I hadn't read the comics yet. And it was one of those things where I'll get to it later. But then, of course, before season two came out, I decided, you know what, I'm going to watch this so I can be on top of things when the second season comes out. And wow, was I just hooked. Uh, loved the first season. The second season was great. and was so excited about this third season that came out this year. And I think one of the things I really like about The Boys is because it, it turns the whole superhero uh, genre on its head. Of course, superheroes are always the good guys and figures of almost idol worship, but it's always portrayed in a more positive way. And this kind of takes superheroes and kind of applies how things really happen, especially here in the United States, where we idolize these larger-than-life figures, whether it be sports figures, whether it be actors, whether it be performers, and sometimes that idol worship goes to their heads and always turns out with adverse effects where you have, you know, some rock stars or actors turn into drugs and partying and and always getting into sexual mischief, uh, sometimes even with uh, athletes and sports figures, you get that as well. And they kind of took that idol worship of our celebrities and applied that to superheroes because if superheroes were real, they would be the superstars. And with any amount of worship uh, from a particular fan base, uh, you know, you have the opportunity for that to go to the head of the subject of that worship in usually adverse ways. Now, granted, where this comic series and TV series uh, doesn't give any wiggle room, you know, in real life, not every actor, not every singer, not every athlete is a total dickhead and lets that idol worship, that fan worship, go to the head so far that they become uh, a train wreck. You do have some responsible people out there, uh, but the boys, uh, the comic series and in the TV series, uh, the good 
superheroes are few and far between. Most every superhero in this has some sort of vice, has some sort of skeleton in their closet, has some sort of behavior that makes them not so good a guy or girl. And sometimes I, I think maybe that is even a reflection of, you know, how we worship our our idols in the real world and how, you know, we put them on a pedestal and make it seem like they're perfect. But even they, you know, even the best of the stars out there aren't perfect people. You know, they have their hangups. Maybe it's the good that they portray superheroes in this way. I, I think it's interesting how they portray superheroes in the boys. And I also love that you have uh, these superheroes that are based off of superheroes that we know and love uh, from the Marvel and the DC comics. Kind of caricatures of these superheroes, like Homelander is supposed to be Superman. Uh, Billy Butcher is a version of the Punisher. Queen Maeve is a version of Wonder Woman. The Deep, a version of Aquaman. The list goes on and on. So needless to say, the, the whole idea behind the boys, both the comic and the TV series, is quite interesting and quite fascinating. It's one of the things I really loved about the movie Brightburn. You know, what happens if a kid growing up with all these superpowers doesn't get the right enforcement, positive enforcement or otherwise, and instead of turning towards good, turns towards evil. And this is kind of a, a dark version of the Superman story when Superman was a boy coming from Krypton. Uh, I, I loved that about Brightburn. And I think this series, uh, comic and TV series, The Boys, is a great treatise on what happens when people don't have the right positive enforcement and have just a bunch of yes men or a bunch of people that enable bad behavior. So needless to say, I've been a fan of this series ever since I watched the first episode. So I was really excited when season three was announced and we got episode one through three on June the 3rd. And then of course they released them week by week after that. But, and we kind of pick up where we left off or at least not far after where we left off at the end of season two, Stormfront was defeated by the, uh, the girl power uh, super team up of Starlight, Queen Maeve and uh, the female uh, Kimiko. Huey is working with Victoria Newman at the Bureau of Superhero Affairs. Homelander just doesn't give an F and is spiraling deeper into like a version of insanity. So I'm not going to break this down episode by episode. Uh, I'm kind of break it down kind of how we've been doing this uh, kind of character by character and where these characters are at and what they've done in this uh, in this series. Because, uh, you know, you've got only eight episodes this season and they really cram pack a lot of a lot of stuff in here because there's a, a lot to go on. And we'll start off with Carl Urban's character, uh, Billy Butcher. He's the leader of the boys and he had a really interesting story this season. I mean, I, I love this character because he's so complex and he's so multifaceted. He's just not, uh, in some regards, he's kind of uh, very much the anti-hero. You know, in some regards, he, he even borders on villain because he just, he does things uh, without considering the consequences uh, to other people, especially people like Huey. But then, just when you think he's gone over the edge and this guy's a real asshole and he's a villain, uh, he dials it back, at least in the 
in the series. Now, the, that's the thing about the, the boys. I, I know, like, the first season stayed pretty true to the first bit of the comics. In the second week season, uh, we got some things, but with major changes. Stormfront was made a female when uh, Stormfront was a male. I, I didn't mind that. You know, it was an interesting uh, change because it really changed up the dynamic between uh, Stormfront and Homelander. But there are certain things that they've changed in the TV series that may seem insignificant, but it's just kind of a snowball effect and it changes the trajectory of the story. Like I said, maybe it doesn't seem like much at first, but the further we get in this series, uh, the further away from where the comic is that the show gets and it's to the point now where you get a lot of things that are are in the comics, like the Herogasm episode was, was from the comics. Uh, maybe not played out exactly like the comics, but you get a lot of that in this season. You get things that are, are from the comics, inspired by the comics, definitely in the spirit of the comics, but the stories had to change so much that the story in the TV series and the story in the comics are not even running parallel. They're just, it's completely different now. So I'm not going to try to compare too much between the comics and the, the TV series, but there are some, some nods and there's some things in this, this series that are a tip of the hat to the stories in the comics and, and where they were going with that. Cause I think we're going to end up at a very similar place. It's just not going to play out like it does in the comics. And we'll talk about uh, a big change, uh, at least a potential big change. Uh, I think there's a couple ways they could play this uh, when it comes to Black Noir, but we'll talk about that when we get to that character. So Billy Butcher in this season really finds himself, you know, he's trying to look after his wife, Becca's son, Ryan, who, of course, not in the comics. I mean, he was as a baby, and Billy Butcher killed him as a baby. Really kind of, I mean, if you think some of the stuff in the TV series is effed up, uh, some of the stuff in the comics is even more effed up. But in the TV series, Becca's son, Ryan, is still alive, and is Homelander's biological son, and is kind of in the witness protection program, and Butcher is trying to uh, keep an eye on him, you know, playing catch with him. But he soon realizes that it's a liability and that Homelander may be able to find out where Ryan is uh, because of him. So he kind of pulls the Lassie thing where he, he hurts Ryan's feelings. So Ryan will kind of not want him around kind of like the old uh, shows where a uh, boy and his dog best friend uh, the boy throws rocks at the dog to get him to run away so he won't come back because he's better off in the wild or whatever <laughs> but uh, very much like that and of course Ryan does get his feelings hurt and then no longer wants Butcher around which kind of opens him up to what we see later in the series but Sticking with Butcher, he is on this quest to kill Homelander to the point where he starts taking this drug. It's in the TV series, it's called Temp V. It's Compound V, only it's a temporary fix, so to speak. And it's very much treated like a drug in this. You shoot up with this Temp V and you have superpowers for. 24 hours i believe and of course butcher does this so he can fight soups and he has comparable powers to homelander he doesn't fly 
at least that we've seen. Uh, but he does have the super strength. He has the uh, heat vision where instead of the uh, red lasers like Homelander, he has yellow lasers because, of course, you got to have them different colors so people can tell who's the good guy and who's the bad guy when the laser vision starts flying. But there were some interesting aspects to his story in this season. Not only the bit with the Temp V, because it, it very much, they even play it uh, when he introduces Huey to it, how it kind of has like a bit of a high to it, a bit of a rush to it. And then when you're off of it, it it's almost like you're going through detox, puking and all this. But they had a really good episode where they kind of flashbacked. You know, we've heard about uh, Billy Butcher's brother Lenny on this show. I don't I believe I don't believe Lenny is in the comics, but he has this brother Lenny on the show and uh, Lenny killed himself and he's kind of really tortured himself about that. Well, we get a lot more of the backstory. We get these flashbacks to when uh, he was younger and Lenny was younger and their abuse of father and their mother who just kind of let it all happen. And we get to see play out what led to Butcher leaving home leaving his brother with his abusive father, uh, the justification behind it all, and how his brother felt like he had no way out and ended up taking his own life. And we got to see what went down uh, that's torturing Butcher so, and how his relationship with Huey uh, kind of mirrors that relationship he had with his kid brother. And we see how he decides that he's not going to lead his his new surrogate kid brother, Huey, uh, down a path that is going to lead to his demise as well. Because Butcher introduces Huey to the Temp V. And then, of course, Huey gets superpowers as well. I, I don't know if they're going to play it out exactly like the comics. Because in the comics... Uh, I believe Huey does take Compound V and ends up with superpowers. I mean, it's a little more standard superhuman strength and vulnerability, uh, regenerative healing. In the TV series, they make it a little more different where like everyone kind of gets, when you take Compound V, how not everyone gets the same superpower. Uh, taking the Temp V is kind of the same way uh, where Butcher got powers kind of similar, comparable to Homelander. Uh, Huey gets teleportation powers but in the tv series starlight finds out that after so many doses of this temp v it's going to and i quote turn your brain into swiss cheese so uh you will die eventually from this temp v after so many doses and there's a really interesting part where butcher finds out about this and you think okay he's not gonna let huey take it but then they get ready and he's like we're gonna go off and fuck up some soups and Huey's all on board not knowing that one more dose and he'll probably die and you think man Butcher is a grade A asshole but then when it comes down to it when it comes to the point where Butcher has to make the decision to go on with this or essentially save Huey's life uh, he does the right thing and that's what I love about this character because there's it's not black and white he's not completely a good guy he's not completely a bad guy he's kind of somewhere in between he has a moral compass he knows what the right thing is he's just been pushed to the point where and even more so in the comics than in the tv series because in the comics his wife becca dies earlier on and he finds out that homelander raped her 
and it kind of flips a switch of vengeance inside of him where this uh, the, the becca character la- character lasted a lot longer you had the her son ryan who was a part of an extension of her and you know the butcher character uh, the slow grind into the ultimate like revenge factor for him has kind of been stretched out a little longer but you have this character that feels like with everything that's going on all of the bad that these soups have done that he is on this mission kind of like what this character is patterned after the the punisher is he a good guy uh maybe under different circumstances he'd be a great guy cool guy to hang out with have a few beers with but he's had so many things happen to him that he has not dealt with these things in a uh, constructive manner and he is hell-bent on revenge but Butcher does have some version of a moral compass that, you know, as much as he is willing to do whatever it takes, definitely an ends just the justify the means kind of guy, he is going to do whatever he can do to get revenge and put an end to soups and put an end to especially Homelanders. Uh, he'll pull no punches. He does have limitations. He does have lines that maybe he'll cross briefly, but he'll he'll dial it back a little bit and do the right thing from time to time. And I I think that's, it's just a very complicated character with a lot of facets to him. And I really liked what we got to see of this Billy Butcher character, which I think, you know, I I don't think this is going to end. This series is going to end the way the comics end, but I do believe there'll be, it'll parallel it. And I think that's what's going to make the ending of this so satisfying is not the word, but it's it's going to be a it's going to be a bittersweet ending. I think uh, for those of you that know the comics and kind of know what I'm alluding to here, uh, especially in regard to the Billy Butcher character, uh, I, I think you know what I'm saying. If you you don't look it up, if you don't mind spoilers, but I'm not going to spell it out for you. And for those of you who never read the comics, I don't want to spoil too much for you. So just pretend like I didn't say anything. But like I said, you know, Butcher has this moral compass that he he does the right thing from time to time, but he is willing to compromise his morals because one, he starts taking the temp V, which causes a rift between him and MM and uh, the Frenchman and Kimiko or the female in the comics. You know, they're against soups. And here he is taking this temp V to become a soup essentially for at least 24 hours but not only that but he's using a soup to help destroy homelander with the soldier boy character which we got uh added to the cast this season and it, it's so funny the <laughs> how this all kind of works out eric kripke is the guy that developed this series and of course, he was one of the creators of the Supernatural series. Of course, we have a character played by Jim Beaver, who plays Robert Singer, a presidential candidate uh, known as Dakota Bob Singer. And it's funny because in Supernatural, he played Bobby Singer, which is kind of a nice uh, loose tie into the two series. Jensen Ackles, of course, uh, on the Supernatural series for the entirety of it. I think all we need now is Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Jared Padalecki to make cameos on the boys. And then we'll have the uh, complete Supernatural set. But 
Billy Butcher finds out that this character, Soldier Boy, is potentially a weapon that he can use against Homelander. Now, uh, like I said, I'm not going to do too much of the comics versus the TV series uh, because like in this stage of the game, there's just uh, so much different about the TV series than there is about the comics. But the one thing that is similar is there are Soldier Boy characters in both the comics and the TV series, uh, and that's where the similarities end. Uh, the Soldier Boy in the comics is very much a, of course, he is the boy's version of Captain America. And in the comic books, he's very kind of howdy-doody. Uh, picture, you remember uh, John Cena in the WWE uh, when he was at the height of being a face and just all golly shucks and, you know, doing it for the kiddies. That's kind of how Soldier Boy was, uh, like a big, dopey, golly gee willikers america and apple pie version of john cena and he really you know he was more of a i can't even say a secondary character he was more of a, a tertiary character in the comics wasn't uh, he didn't have this big storyline in the comics that he does in the tv series but i really liked what they did with the soldier boy character in the tv series because he like captain america has been around since uh, world war ii maybe even before that he was a part of a team that kind of rivaled the seven it called payback it was him black noir and a, a few other characters and he was on the tv show uh, soldier boy was everything that soldier boy in the comics was not he was arrogant. He was a womanizer. He was the uh, epitome of that era's man. You know, he was probably a bit racially insensitive, misogynistic, very much a tough, cocksure, bravado John Wayne type. When you talk about hero worship and it going to people's heads, the Soldier Boy character in the TV series very much epitomized that. Uh, so much so that all of his team members in Payback didn't like it, so they turned on him. Uh, they were He was essentially attacked, subdued, and been held captive by the Russians since, I don't know, the 80s, I believe it was. So Butcher and the boys go to Russia uh, looking for what they think is a weapon to defeat Homelander, and it turns out it is Soldier Boy. And of course, Soldier Boy has had uh, some uh, experiments done on him. And now it's kind of complicated. I, I don't know if it's two separate powers or the same power, but he essentially goes nuclear. And uh, once he builds up all this stress or whatever, he's uh, they kind of delve into him having PTSD and kind of link uh, the explosions that emanate from him to that. I mean, it acts like a small nuclear bomb goes off and people die and buildings are wrecked and things like that. But there's also aspects of his power that take away the powers of soups. Kimiko, uh, the female in the comics, she ends up having her powers taken away from her by soldier boy but it's not from a nuclear explosion it's more from a blast from his chest so yeah it's really kind of sketchy as to 
if the explosion and the ability to take people's superpowers are one and the same, or if they're two different entities, uh, we, we see it happen both ways, and neither is really definitive on if one of these explosions go off, did any nearby soups lose their power? It's, you know, like I said, it doesn't really matter. It's maybe not a plot hole, but a plot point that really didn't get fleshed out enough to be definitive i don't think at least from from my first viewing of it but they bring soldier boy back to the u.s after rescuing him in russia and butcher kind of makes a deal with him that if butcher helps him find and kill all the members of the team called payback that betrayed him and handed him over to the russians then he would help butcher kill homelander and of course they do have a, a bit of fun with the idea that soldier boy is <laughs> kind of a, a fish out of water technology and things have advanced so much uh, social and political climates have changed so much since he was last in the united states which i, I can't remember i'm thinking it's probably like the 80s i, I think is one of their playing that he was uh, taken by the russians but they play that for a little bit of humor him not under the standing the uh, social taboos of the day uh him not understanding new technology it's all played for a bit of fun and was quite uh, quite entertaining and Jensen Ackles, uh, you know, it's, he's he's been on Supernatural so long. I saw him playing that that character, Dean Winchester, for so long that it, it kind of felt like that was that was him. That was just his way of acting. That very stiff forced macho way that he portrayed the Dean Winchester character that I, I kind of forgot like you know this guy is actually a good actor I mean he, he can do other things not that the soldier boy characters much different from the Dean Winchester uh maybe Dean's a little more sensitive and I thought I never thought I'd say that and probably the Dean Winchester character would not like to be characterized as sensitive but he he may be a little more sensitive than uh the soldier boy character but he plays this character so well and, and i really enjoyed him and i'm glad they didn't kill him off uh, at the end so we may see him come back probably not uh i'm guessing probably not but but you never know but yeah these two characters uh other than homelander uh butcher Soldier Boy, Homelander, these three characters seem like the characters that were really the main focus of this season. Uh, everyone else just seemed like a secondary character, even even main characters like Huey. Uh, Huey didn't have a, a ton to do in this. I mean, he's in throughout the whole thing, uh, but not much interesting happens. You have his working with the Bureau of Superhero Affairs with... Uh, Victoria Newman and finding out that she's actually a soup uh, that really doesn't play a lot into it I mean it plays into some of the things that happen later in the season but not even directly you get the bit with him uh, taking temp v and being able to teleport the funny thing is is that he teleports his clothes do not so you see more of Jack Quaid's butt than you probably want to unless you're into Jack Quaid's butt I, for one, am not, although I, I wish I had a butt like him. I mean, my butt may be like his. It's bigger, hairier, and probably a lot more dimpled. But uh, other than that, it's probably pretty close. 
but they do the thing they they've kind of done before with the starlight character uh annie because he uh, they do this thing where they kind of kind of the makeup breakup shit again uh which gets a little old i mean this lasted through till maybe towards the end when they have a misunderstanding he she's upset he took temp v uh, he just wants to be a superhero. He doesn't want her to have to save him. He wants to be able to save her. She gets pissed off about that for, for some reason. And then the end, I, I do like the realization that he has at the end because he's always felt like he doesn't have superpowers, so he can't save the day. And he likens that to his father, who's played, of course, by Simon Pegg. And Simon Pegg was the uh, was who they patterned the Huey, the look of the Huey character after in the comics. Uh, love that little touch. But kind of talks about his father, how after his mother died, how he was always there. His father was always there uh, watching TV with him, eating dinners with him, and essentially never stopping to feel his own pain. He was just there for Huey. And Huey always looked at that as him being weak. Uh, but he realized the strength that his father had after his mother was gone to to be there and to be the dad that, that Huey needed. And re- Huey kind of has this moment of realization where he realizes he doesn't have to have superpowers to be strong. And much like his father was there for him and showed a different kind of strength. He can show that sort of strength for Starlight. So it was a nice little moral to the story, kumbaya. It, it was a nice little moment. It was a nice message about you don't have to do all these fantastical things to be strong and be the superhero to somebody else. It's a it's a lesson that from all of this you can take and apply to your own life today. MM had a really interesting story arc in this season too, although I don't think it really had the satisfying ending that that I was hoping for. And and that's a shame because I love Laz Alonzo as, as MM. I think he just does a great job. They really dove into his relationship with his daughter and with his ex-wife and her new husband. And they played like last season that they're all into the superheroes and the father's a big Homelander fan. He's getting uh, M.M.'s daughter to be a, a big Homelander fan and M.M. Has, a, has an issue with that. And he's tried to keep his life with the boys so separated from his daughter that it's, it's becoming a hindrance in their relationship. So much so that when he finds out that the stepfather took his daughter to a, a Homelander rally, uh, he ends up knocking out the stepfather. And, and Janine, the, the daughter, sees that. And, and they have this really great moment between the two of them where he kind of uh, has a picture book out and is going through how his father and and family members died at the hands of superheroes and that's why he's he fights superheroes these these bad superheroes but they play this up throughout this whole season how soldier boy was the reason that his i I think it was his father father or grand i think his grandfather maybe uh, somebody in his family died was killed uh inadvertently by soldier boy who was fighting some some people out on the street and he's held this against Soldier Boy, and they have a couple confrontations, but he never really. I, I just don't feel like he got a satisfying conclusion to that because he never really got to confront Soldier Boy. He never really got to exact any revenge on Sol- Soldier Boy. 
And maybe it all wasn't about revenge. Maybe it was just about him opening up to his daughter. Maybe that's the bigger win for M.M. But regardless, uh, love the actor, love the character. Was really glad to see this character get a little more uh, something to do other than just being at odds with Butcher. Because, you know, if anybody's got a moral compass in the boys, it is the M.M. character, at least in the at least in the TV series. And he's always at odds with Butcher and the way Butcher wants to handle things. And there was a lot of that. M.M. is very much against Butcher using and, and Huey using Temp V, which it's odd because in the comics he actually has uh, some kind of low-level superpowers. But like I said, the, the comics and the TV series have diverged so far that you really can't compare the two. You can only kind of connect the loose dots to things that, you know, this happened here. Uh, and this happened in this, but in different ways. The two characters that I felt really didn't get a lot was the Kimiko uh, character. She's called the female in the comics, played by Karen Fukuhara. And she just does such a fantastic job for, for not being able to speak. Uh, she, you know, this character doesn't speak. Uh, because of trauma that's happened to her. She's kind of a, has a self-imposed uh, muteness to her. Uh, but I love the relationship between her and Frenchie, uh, Tomer Capone. And uh, I love their chemistry together. I, I just didn't feel like these two characters got enough of a story. You had the bit where Kimiko loses her powers and then she takes Compound V again to get them back. Uh, Frenchie is there supporting her. He has some run-ins with the Russian mob. There is one interesting scene where uh, he's expected to pick between Kimiko and shit. I can't remember his his sidekick from like the first season. Uh, but he's supposed to pick between these two women that he cares very much about. And he can. And Kimiko uh, ends up breaking loose and finding that her killer instinct wasn't because of the compound V it was always inside of her. And that's why she wants to take the V again so she can have her superpowers so she can use her powers for good and protect the one she loves with them. But you have this whole storyline of uh, Frenchie uh, getting back on drugs and it just, you know, it just felt like they were just doing things just to give these two characters something to do. I think the female Kimiko had a little more agency than the Frenchie character. Uh, but I, I felt very bad because uh, both these actors are fantastic actors. They play these characters so well. And these two have such great chemistry on the scene for her not being able to talk and him having to play off that as somebody who is speaking the lines. They just, uh, they both do a great job. I'm hoping to see a little more out of these two characters, uh, a little more to do in the next uh, season. One more character that I thought was really interesting was the Ashley Barrett character played by Colby Minifee. Uh, she is a, a character that I'm really looking forward to seeing where they're taking this because she's kind of rose from the from the bottom. You know, she was kind of this assistant. She works her way up to being the publicist for Vought, and then she kind of takes over for Stillwell and Stan Edgar uh, once they're knocked out of their uh, perches and she's just a, a very complicated character because she is very much 
towing the Vought line, but you can see when Homelander and some of these other superheroes do the horrible things, the look of horror on her face and the stress that she goes through where she's pulling out her own hair and how we kind of see revealed at the end that uh, she's wearing a wig. She takes this wig off and she's essentially pulled all the hair out of her head uh, because of the stress that is going on. And, and I think we're going to see a little bit of a redemption arc. Uh, I don't know how many seasons they're planning on doing this uh, for, but I think she's going to have a redemption moment at, at some point or another. But uh, she really plays this character so well. She's so funny, but yet and she can play the, the anger and the stress and the balls out woman in charge aspects of this this is a character that with all the superheroes and all the people fighting superheroes to worry about in this series uh, she's one of the characters i'm most interested to see where the character goes now these last three characters were kind of kind of three or four characters really uh, the the superheroes of this show Anthony Starr as Homelander just plays this character so well. He really looks like the character from the comics. And this character, we see this character spiral. He he makes this uh, impassioned speech on TV where he just kind of lets it out and says how he really feels, that he doesn't need the people, the people need him. And you see how people kind of gravitate towards that. They really play a lot off of the... I don't want to get into politics, but they really played off a lot of the political climate we had in our country with the former president. They kind of played off of that in this uh, right or wrong. That's where they were going with it. And uh, they kind of made this this character into this kind of quasi-demagogue. He starts realizing he can do whatever he wants. He makes alliances with Victoria Newman to become the head of Vought. He finds out where Ryan is and goes and gets his son. And because Ryan has been abandoned by Butcher, he he's just looking for a family, much like Homelander is. Which almost makes you feel a little empathy for this character, but then he does just some of the most horrible things. And of course, he and Aaron Moriarty's character, Annie January, Starlight, uh, are at odds. Starlight exposes him after the hero gasm episode, and she's kind of kicked out of the seven by default. The tension between these two when they have scenes together is just palpable. I mean, they, they really do a good job of, of building the tension between these two characters that you feel like it's about to explode. And we do see that in the, the season finale. I'll kind of save talking about Maeve for the end when we when we talk about that finale but uh jesse t usher as a train uh, he had a really interesting story because he's always been such a, a selfish character uh you know he kills huey's girlfriend in the very first episode and is just kind of unremorseful about it and then he loses his ability to run because he's got a bad heart and he ends up getting a transplant and now he can be back on top again but but he had a really interesting story where you know his brother uh they kind of played him with one of the other superheroes uh like racially profiling they played it 
kind of uh, again with the social climate of the past couple years with you know all the issues with uh, black americans and issues with the police they kind of played into that his brother ends up getting hurt and paralyzed and it really has a he has a, a really like a come to jesus moment where he realizes uh, you know how selfish he's been and how much he took his brother for granted and he just wants his brother to be okay and uh, he has a great scene where he gets revenge on the soup that injured his brother. And we think he's going to die uh, because if he was to run fast again like A-Train can, uh, his heart was going to give out. And and then we find out that he did get the heart transplant from the from the superhero he just killed. And uh, and now he's back. But then again, he, he automatically turns back into the douchey character uh, being Homelander's suck-up. And I'd like to say this character is going to get a redemption arc. Uh, he kind of did and then squandered it. Not the not the actor, but the character. Uh, the actor plays his part so great. Uh, he does a great job. Chase Crawford as the deep plays a good job. He plays for a lot of comedy for a character that's not a main player in the comics. Uh, they really uh, made this character, gave him a face, uh, gave him a personality, and he's fun to watch as well. And then the course, the character that I've been so disappointed with in this whole series is Black Noir. Black Noir in the comics was such a character of mystery, and they kind of played into that mystery like the first season, and then they started chipping away at that mystery, uh, unmasking him. Uh, you know, for anybody that knows the comics, knows that this character is well i'm just gonna they're, they're not gonna do it on the tv series i mean they may do a version i've already spoiled a bunch of shit anyway so i might as well say it in the in the comics uh, black noir is a clone of homelander kind of used as a fail safe if L homelander goes off the deep end they have this other version of him that can fight him and defeat him uh, it's even kind of hinted that he may be even a little more powerful than homelander in the series they decided to not do that at all or at least up until now they haven't done it and they made the black noir character which to me i i don't know it just seems a little like, and I know in comics, it's been done before. Like anybody that has black in their name has to be a black American, uh, black lightning, black Panther. I guess maybe they're playing off of that, but to make black noir, a black man just seemed kind of like, uh, it just seemed like a little bit, of, a little bit of pandering uh, to me. It, it, I really wish they would have done the comic book version of black noir because to me, that's interesting. To me, that for anybody who doesn't know the comics, there's some shock value to that. Now, granted, they still might be able to do that because Black Noir in this TV series was killed by Homelander. Now, they could make this like a legacy title, much like Soldier Boy. There were like, I think, three different Soldier Boys in the... The comics, much like Captain America, there are multiple versions of Captain America. We may find that in season four, Black Noir is back. And we could have Homelander be like, what? How? How did this happen? Black Noir doesn't talk. so. But Homelander's even said that he looks through his mask with his x-ray vision. So I don't know how that would work. Uh, but I thought they could bring Black Noir back and have it be the clone of homelander and that be how homelander is defeated in the end 
I, I still don't think they're going to do that. I think it's going to time with the Ryan character. But I, I was just really disappointed with how misused the Black Noir character was because once they decided that they weren't going to make him a clone of Homelander, they didn't really have anything to, for this character to do. And it was kind of sad because he is an interesting, mysterious character that they could have played off of that a little more and not been so literal with the character. And the bits with him hallucinating with the animated woodland creatures was some of the worst stuff in the season. So much like any story in all this, you've got different things going on, and it all comes to a head for this final battle taking place in Vought Tower, where Butcher and Soldier Boy are come to take on Homelander. You've got Maeve and Starlight coming to stop Soldier Boy. Huey's mixed in there as well, but he's kind of, again, like he's kind of in the background on this. But you really did have a badass uh, four-way superhero fight between Butcher, Soldier Boy, uh, Homelander, actually five-way, Homelander, Maeve, and Starlight. Butcher turns on Soldier Boy once Soldier Boy hurts Ryan, who uh, Homelander has kind of brought into all of this. And it was just really uh, very impressive. You have this scene where uh, Starlight is kind of uh, on the ropes and Huey turns up all the lights in the studio that they're fighting in and powers her up and and she hasn't flown before but you see her kind of lift off the ground and and we'll maybe see her flying a little more in the next season they had this great scene where Homelander and Billy Butcher are using both using their uh, laser eyes on uh, Soldier Boy's shield and this kind of moment where they just kind of look at each other and just in this shock that they're actually working together. It, it was just really a great uh, fight scene that just had a lot of aspects going on. And then it all kind of ends with Soldier Boy, you know, kind of going into his explosion mode and nobody's going to be able to stop him. Everyone's going to die if not lose their powers. And all of a sudden, Maeve, who has been a very complicated character these past seasons, because uh, I, I tell you what, I've been a big fan of this character. Uh, I wish they could have done a little more with her. But uh, Dominic McElligot, who plays Maeve, is uh, a fine actress. And I really love what she's brought to this character, because uh, not only does she have the complexity of you know, her relationship with Homelander and realizing what he's really like with that scene in the airplane and her becoming disillusioned with being a superhero and turning to alcohol, uh, Homelander outing her against her will as a, a lesbian and just, you know, what she's had to deal with with that, you know, her, her partner being in harm's way constantly because of Homelander. She's never felt personally i think like a hero at least not for some time and there's this moment where soldier boy is about to explode and mave is looking at everyone and she decides to be the hero and sacrifice herself where she kind of bum rushes soldier boy out of the vault tower and he explodes now granted we think 
both of them are dead, and neither of them are dead. <laughs> we find Soldier Boy has been uh, taken by the government and put into some like stasis pod, and is being kept like they kept him in Russia. Uh, Maeve has lost her powers because of the explosion of Soldier Boy, uh, but she and her partner are going to go live a. You know, everybody thinks she's dead, so her and her partner are going to go live a life of anonymity along with her eye patch because uh, she lost her powers, can't heal, and Homelander popped her eye out, or at least gouged it out. Huey and Annie are back together. Like I said, we had that great scene with M.M. and his daughter, him kind of explaining to her what he does and, and why he is the way he is. Butcher finds out because of all the temp V he's been taking. He's got months to live, maybe a year at best. He comes back to the boys and they find out that uh, Victoria Newman is now the new vice president candidate along with uh, uh, Robert Singer. You imagine they're going to win the presidency in the next season or we may get, uh, they may take care of her before the uh, the election is finished. But uh, you got to imagine that's going to play into things somehow in season four. And then there's a, a great scene where Homelander is speaking to a crowd and he introduces his son, Ryan, who comes flying in. And you get one naysayer. And Homelander, he doesn't give fucks anymore. He's kind of gone off the deep end. And he uses laser sight to blow up the guy's head. And then you see Janine's stepfather, M.M.'s daughter's stepfather, cheering on Homelander. And everybody starts cheering. And again, it kind of plays into that... Uh, that notion that if it's the right politician who says the right things and touches the right notes in us, uh, we'll cheer them on no matter how horrible they are. So it was a, a great way to end uh, the Homelander story in this season. So all in all, I really love this season. Uh, it, it had a lot going on. And they didn't mess around with the eight episodes. It's cram-packed. It was just bam, 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 action after action. They really doubled down on Homelander's uh, megalomaniacal nature. They doubled down on Butcher and how he is with you know being hell-bent on destroying Homelander for what Homelander did to his wife. You really got to learn a little more about some of the characters. You got to see a little bit of character development. Not everybody got that treatment. Uh, I think like the Frenchy character, you got to learn a little more about him, but you didn't really get much development. Huey, uh, you really didn't get a lot of development uh, character-wise, except for at the very end. I really didn't touch on the Aaron Moriarty uh, Starlight character, but, but she really had a lot uh, in, in this season. Uh, just going from being a member of the Seven, to turning her back on them and trying to expose Homelander. Uh, she had a lot to do, but she's been kind of like one of the moral compasses for the show. I mean, she really hasn't ever wavered from being a good person. And I think a show like this with so many people who are kind of morally ambiguous, I, I think you need that type of character. And she is that in this, always keeping people, uh, especially Huey, on the right track. So she, she's a, an interesting character in her own right, even if there's not a lot of complexity to the character or a lot of facets to the character. I think she does such a great job and she was really front and center in this. One of the things in this season that I was really, I, I don't want to say let down 
uh, all I kept hearing about was the Hero Gasm episode, and they did a an episode uh, dedicated to the Hero Gasm. It's when all these superheroes uh, in the show, it's kind of like C and D list superheroes, but they get together and have a big orgy essentially. And in the comics, it's such an iconic thing, but in this, it just kind of felt like stuff we've already seen before. I mean, they started off the series with, or actually the season, with a guy who's kind of like the Ant-Man character. He can shrink himself uh, to the size of an ant, and he crawls up into a dude's penis and is tickling him, and that's how they uh, get their rocks off. But he had just snorted some cocaine and sneezed and... When he sneezed, he went back to regular size and blew apart his lover. And one of the most disgusting things I have ever seen watching a man blow up from inside the penis out is is probably not something you're going to see on many shows. But they did it on on the boys and that's what i love about this show they'll do things that uh, no other tv show is gonna do uh so when you see that essentially again in uh, i mean sans the blowing up a person from the inside out but they they did the guy that can turn small and he's inside a woman's vagina uh pleasuring her one of the more disgusting things though was mm getting a big giant load blown on him uh, that was that was kind of gross. But, I mean, other than just the weird sex stuff that you saw, nothing was too terribly shocking and nothing that we haven't seen worse or comparable things to on The Boys. So it, it was a little bit of a letdown in that regard that this is supposed to be such a shocking episode. And I was like, ah, we've seen half of this stuff before. And sex stuff, it, you know, this is the age where you can see anything. And I mean anything porn-wise that a body could want or need. Maybe even some stuff you don't want to see ever again. Two girls, one cup. But you can see all that at your fingertips anytime on the internet. So the stuff they were doing, just I mean, it was some of it was funny, but it wasn't that terribly shocking. But all that being said, uh, it really was a good season. A lot of great special effects. Uh, a lot of interesting characters. I love when they bring in new superheroes that you're like, okay, who is this supposed to be the version of? Uh, whether it be from DC or Marvel. It's always fun to kind of pick out, oh, that's the Wonder Twins. Oh, that's, you know, this person. Oh, that's uh, that superhero. Uh, that's always kind of fun. And with it diverting so far from the comics, uh, it really leaves me wondering where this season or where this series is going to go. I mean, I know how the comics end. Uh, how is the how is the series going to end? Like I said, I think Ryan's going to play into that, being a surrogate to the Black Noir clone of Homelander. But I'm just not sure how they're going to do that, how they're going to play that out. So it'll all be really interesting to see because going into season five, I uh, get a lot going on. Butcher's dying. Homelander can do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, they're kind of playing it that, you know, Ryan's always been this good kid that has had his mother, has had Billy to kind of keep him on the right track. Now he's under Homelander's influence. What does that going to mean for him? 
I think it may be a little bit of a red herring. I think this is a good kid uh, that is going to have his mother's values instilled in him. And as much as they're trying to play it like Homelander is going to taint him and turn him into a villain, he's going to do the right things. Or Billy Butcher is going to kind of have some influence on him again. And I think we're going to see that all play out to a to a satisfying, uh, happy ending. Uh, maybe not, you know. Like I said, this this is a series that is not afraid to push taboos and not afraid to shock people and is not afraid to do things that most TV shows won't do. So maybe maybe I'm totally off base on that, but it'll all be interesting to see where they go in season five because it seems like Victoria Newman, uh, not kind of a character from the comics. Uh, the character from the comics was a guy, Vic the Veep, um, vice president, didn't have as much going on as the Victoria Newman. This Victoria Newman character is a lot more complex and has superpowers and and all these things that the comic book version of this character doesn't have and is, and is not but it'll be interesting to see where they go with her uh, i'm assuming she is going to be the big villain she is the daughter of the stan edgar character uh she kind of turned on him we're gonna are we gonna see him jean carlo esposito love that guy A- anything he shows up as in tv or movies i'm on board with uh so be interested to see him come back and see if maybe he's kind of falls in to league with the boys but uh you know we're gonna have to wait a <laughs> better part of a year before we start seeing anything on uh, season four so there you have it that's my look at the boys season three uh, i want to thank everyone for for tuning in and listening to my thoughts my stream of consciousness uh ramblings on on this latest season of the boys check out what we've got coming up next on odds bodkins curiosity shop and a whole lot more on our facebook page we're always posting trailers tv and movies we're always posting articles with my two cents on what's going on in the world of horror fantasy and science fiction and no matter where you're listening to this podcast please leave a review five stars would be awesome and don't forget to to subscribe follow uh no matter where you're listening to this download the podcast share it with your friends family neighbors anybody you know who loves horror fantasy and science fiction and we certainly do appreciate you spreading the word so until next time Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!